0: Hello, and welcome to the continued series of Cult and its many uh, people who have made it so great and amazing. Today, we are joined by Bastian LeCouf de Harm. Hi. Uh, And he is the main artist for the cover art, uh, a lot of the inspiration for pretty much uh, any scenario, if you're looking at it. I know for me, when I look at just one little thing of art, it's like, it inspires so many stories and so many scenarios. So it is super awesome to, uh, to chat with you, Pastor.
1: Yeah, I'm super happy that you, you are having me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, for those who may not know you, how would you introduce yourself? Uh, I'm. A French person living in
1: uh, in America. I, I will try to I will try to give you all the information, but the ones that matter. Uh, <laughs> so basically, yes. to to make it very simple, I'm um, I'm an illustrator, uh, I'm a professor, uh, I'm a role playing game maker, I'm uh, many other stuff. But that's that's I guess uh, the things that, that do matter for us right now. Yeah. Um, as an artist, I work for companies like Magic: The Gathering, for example. Uh, I do some a lot of covers for role-playing games or, or novels, or uh, yeah, you know, pretty much every publisher around. Uh, I've been working with them at a time or another. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's <laughs> what I do.
0: What uh, So you said you're a professor. What do you teach, if you don't mind me asking? I'm
1: a, I'm a professor of art in general. Um, but So basically, I'm, a, I'm supervising the studio art part of the department I work with at the university. So I teach a lot of uh, traditional drawing. Um, but I'm also opening a, an illustration pool where I teach the students uh, everything I can teach them about illustration and concept art. Ooh, amazing.
0: Uh, and you have a very unique and distinct um, style. I mean, just looking at uh, Gods right here, uh, mm-hmm. which is a, a role-playing game that you uh, made, mm-hmm. which is super exciting. And I know you have another one uh, coming down the, the, the pipeline, but we'll get to that yeah. Uh, a little bit later. I hope um, we will. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are going to touch on everything. Uh, but I want to hear the start of your journey that has brought you to this amazing point where you pretty much... I feel like you're doing something you like, love, at least.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did, uh, <laughs> I, I did fight for it at some moments in my life. But today, yeah, I, I definitely do. Uh, I was born in the... <laughs> Yes. Yes. Well, go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, you know, I, I was born from um, uh, in, in Brittany, which is a part of France that uh, tends to not consider itself French, but French, but uh, yeah. more like some kind of uh, people from the sea, people from the moors. Uh, we are sometimes culturally almost closer to England than we are from France, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I grew up. Uh, I, I grew up there from a from a family that is originally more from Paris. Um, I'm going to give you the short version because I can go on like that forever. But uh, I mean, I can um,
0: listen forever. Go, go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> um,
1: I have, you know, uh, early on I had some uh, some art professors in a, Sorry, I'm blurry. I'm blurry. Blurring okay. Uh Some art professors in a you know, in a little school who like, tried to tell my parents that I should stop drawing forever because everything was just too messy, too bizarre, too sketchy and, uh, and then the, the voices changed and, um, you know, a lot of professors in, you know, in high school and stuff told me, like, I had to do something with that and that was good news because that was really the only thing I could picture myself doing other than becoming Indiana Jones or
0: an FBI agent. So I, so I went for uh, I went for for art. Uh, you know, you still yeah. could be an FBI agent. It's not no, exclusive. not anymore. Yeah. Not what? Anymore. I'm I'm
1: too old. Uh, <laughs> last year was the last year I could have applied for it. So oh, trust me. Like,
0: yeah, I feel like that's something an FBI agent would say if he was undercover.
1: <laughs> and so <laughs> I. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I when I was a kid, I was uh, I started role playing games when I was seven uh, mm-hmm. with my dad. Uh, a kid that my birthday, did bring me a, a little box with uh, the dark eye in there. Uh, yeah. Oh my man, dad, dark eye. My dad was like, "What the fuck is that shit?"
0: And <laughs> can I say <laughs> profanities on the? Oh movie? yeah, 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 yeah. We we, we curse here. No okay, kidding. <laughs>
1: And so um, and, and so, so basically, uh, my dad was like, "What the fuck is that?" Went through it, and he thought he thought it was entertaining. So he decided to to run a, a small game uh, with me, my brother. I think my mom played. Or um, and uh, and after that, the, you know, I got the virus. I became a game master when I was twelve. We, we used to play with my my friends, uh, Gilles and Thomas, uh, and their neighbor. And we were we were like gathering. At night, not sleeping at all. And (laughs) anyway, all those things made that very early on. I I started to draw characters, landscapes. And, you know, I became very. Anytime I was writing a scenario, I needed to illustrate it.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's really. So basically, role playing games really made me become the illustrator I am today. And so I feel like I lived my entire career as an illustrator, dreaming of another career. And that other career was. I need to get back to make my games. You know, I need to come full circle.
0: Yeah. And so the
1: past, uh, the past three years have been, have uh, been me. Know that my career as an illustrator, I think I've been professional for 15 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, know that this career is just, you know, ongoing. Uh, so much better than what I ever thought I would ever, you know, I. You know I got awards and and things that i I did not know were even something I could ever reach you know and uh um, so now now it's time for me to 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 achieve my final goal which is uh which is making final those games,
0: more, yeah. Know. Oh, that sounds amazing. I, I mean, so what were the the early drawings of Bastion? What did, what did they look like? And do you even have like uh, something from back when? Yeah, I have a lot of stuff, yeah.
1: This was not planned, by the way. <laughs> uh, we appreciate it. This was really not planned. That's just uh, I had a student asking for this not so long ago. And so I kind of. And her, I, I found those, uh, some of them are appropriate, some of them are not, so I don't know what I can share, but those are like, you know, scribbles from when I was like, oh wow, from when I was, uh, I don't know, 18 years old, something like that, you know, role-playing game characters.
0: That is really, yeah, you can show whatever you want, this is a mature channel, we're, we're, we're awesome. Yeah, stuff like that. Wow. <sighs>
1: uh yeah i'm going to i'm going to keep my my finger on that one because that one is really inappropriate but uh yeah i mean you know so yeah i uh i answered your I think I answered your question a bit uh, a bit more than what you were expecting.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I, I loved it. But, I mean, in looking at, at that and then looking at the, the picture on your, or the, the piece on your right, uh, mm-hmm. wait, on your left. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when could you look back and, and kind of see your distinct style being developed and, and, and maturing? So you want,
1: you're pushing me to talk about failures.
0: Yes <laughs> um,
1: so so you know I was drawing on drawing on paper really I'm a, I'm a pencil artist uh, originally that's really what I what I love to do you know pencil piece of paper and just um, but at some point I realized that to to reach the level I wanted to, to for my image to look really like I wanted them to do I needed to start uh, you know coloring them and, and trying to achieve some kind of realism and the more I tried to do that with my watercolor and my acrylics I realized I sucked at that completely, <laughs> uh, and I found out on my own really that uh, if I was uh, working with uh, photographic elements, uh, I, would, I would, you know, I would achieve realism mm-hmm. quick. And so, a lot of artists will tell you it's all about the long run. Um, it's all about uh, you know practicing until you get it where you want. And of course, that, that, that's completely true. Yeah. But basically, as a young, uh, smart dude, I decided to cheat on that and I decided to achieve realism by taking photographs and just putting it there. Uh, But in a way, that it became my own cooking, basically. So I started to, I don't know, take pictures of my fridge and make a spaceship out of it or take pictures of, uh, I don't know, take pictures of my cat and build a fur coat on a a warrior just with the texture of the, the fur of my cat and, you know, just stuff like that. Um... And, of course, painting at the same time. So we are talking about digital art right now, where I could really mix photographs, mix Mm -hmm. painting, mix mix everything together. And so today, because I went through that that phase of uh, having a work that was excessively photographic, uh, I was still fighting uh, my own process because I was trying to get it under control. Yeah uh because when you work with too much photographs you become kind of depending on the photographs and so if you want to take some some freedom with your artwork and do some things that are not in the photograph you you find yourself hitting a wall um, and so no matter what I ended up learning painting a lot more uh, and today my work is uh not limited by my user photograph, but powered by my user photograph and my mm-hmm. knowledge in painting, um, and that's good because depending on what the clients want, I can. I have some pieces that are exclusively painted today, yeah, uh, and some pieces that are more realistic, photographic, and I love to to work with both. For example, uh, a lot of work that I do for Magic will be more painterly, mm-hmm. and a lot of work that I do for Retro City will be almost. That's my other game. Yeah. Uh, will be almost exclusively photographic with a bit of manipulation, but I want it so realistic that I want a, a lot of photograph. And gods, is in between. For example, it's in between mm-hmm. the painterly and the photographic because I want the realism, but I want the painting style of you know dark fantasy at the same time. Interesting, interesting.
0: So the the piece kind of to your left uh, was that used for a? Was that used with a photo?
1: Uh, actually, not that one. That one was uh, that one was it, it comes from a moment in my life when I was uh, when I was trying to imitate with my painting, because I had this big impostor syndrome. I was like i'm I'm good at nothing. I need photographs. If I don't have photograph, I'm nothing at all and so i'm being very honest with you right now i don't know if you. oh hey I,
0: I feel like um, everyone in the industry definitely deals with that uh imposter mm-hmm. syndrome it, it's yes. tough yeah and so we mine appreciate. was
1: targeted toward my use of photograph i was i'm using photograph because i don't know how to paint and so a big a big uh i don't know it was probably i don't know i'm lost like probably seven seven eight years ago mm-hmm. i had that phase where i was really trying to paint everything without using photograph directly but just as a reference and so yeah. uh and that piece is a result of that i think there is a bit of photo texture but it's it's there is no photograph that i really like took and put into it yeah So it's really it's really one of uh, one of the pieces that that came from me practicing actual painting and i'm i'm that one is on my wall because this was the first of my pictures that ended up into Spectrum, mm-hmm. uh, the book that really welcomes uh, the you know the best of the best uh, of fantastic artists today. And so one day I felt somehow I felt ready. I submitted that piece, and that piece got in, and, and that was really that was one of my. Uh, most significant personal achievements.
0: I mean, it's a a gorgeous, gorgeous picture, and and uh, it definitely uh, captures the eye. Um, I'm going to pull out this puppy uh, right here, uh, one that uh, you are familiar with. I've seen Uh, that one before, (laughs) yes. So uh, when you approach this, what was what were you thinking? What was kind of the, the basis of, of this uh, image? Well, first of all, I knew you know. First of all, I I knew what client
1: it was. You know, I, I was yep. like, okay, oh, yes, this is for cut. All right, so that already, uh, you have to understand that for a little French kid uh, who plays role playing game, very young. Uh, exactly at the phase in Europe where it was probably at the same time than the, the satanic panic in the US <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: where, where suddenly your hobby that you enjoy so much and that you spend all your time doing becomes you know the most satanist stuff that you can uh, that, that you can be doing and so that was a time where I had uh, my English professor at school who she called my parents and she gave them a phone call and she was like, I really need to meet with you. I need to talk with you. We have a, I think we have a problem with your son. And so my, my parents, uh, sorry, I will
0: answer your question. (laughs) No, 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 please do. Um, I'm interested in this story.
1: (laughs) uh, And so, 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 so my parents go and meet with her and, and, and very concerned, you know, she, she looks at them. She's like, I think your son is uh, participating into some uh, role-playing games. You know, and my dad was like, oh, "Well, yeah, he started with me, you know." So, <laughs> <laughs> makes um, sense. And at the time, during that during that context, uh, cult was the game that um, it was it was a big problem in the industry. You know, it was the game that if you play cult, it's not like you are playing Dungeon and Dragon, You are not playing like cult was really special. Uh, yeah at least uh, its reputation. And so of course that attracted me and us, you know. We we were more me and my group we became quickly became more like uh, vampire players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know I was at, I was really attracted to games with a with a darkness uh, to to really put it simply games that uh, that tickles a little bit more in depth than just uh, Opening a door and killing a dragon, saving the princess, or oh. and so and I mean that like I, I love Dungeon and Dragon. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so basically, so basically, really uh, long story, almost short. Uh, I was excessively excited when uh, Peter messaged me to do the cover of Cult. I was like, wait a second, Cult is coming back, <laughs> and do uh, the cover so so yeah that's that's pretty much it. I was super excited I was more excited by that than uh, than a lot of uh, a lot of other commissions uh, you know like and I think it shows on the cover I think this cover show how excited I was to uh, to work on it um, and so I think so the deal was I don't know if I can talk about that or not but I remember that the the money offer Mm-hmm. was absolutely not matching my, my usual rates. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, I don't give a fuck, I'm going to do it for free. No problem. <laughs> you know? And uh and so I don't remember what we finally agreed on or anything. What I know is that after that cover was done, uh the financing the financing campaign of the game went super well and that since then uh Elmgast had been very generous with me and you know commissioning other covers and, and so yeah. it was like it was really a good um it was not. It was not just awesome to do the cover. It was actually awesome uh, to work with Elmgast uh, and with Peter on that. Um, it just made everything. Everything was just simple and almost natural. Yeah.
0: So that
1: sounds like so, a good relationship. Yes. <laughs> and so when you are an artist who knows Cult and who has to do the cover of Cult, uh, how do you you know how, how do you deal with that? Like it's really like yeah, I don't want to fuck that up. Uh, and I had you know mentally I had I had some uh, some spots that I wanted to hit I wanted I wanted it to be mystical in a way Mm -hmm. I wanted it to sound like uh, like Dead dance was playing in the background I wanted it to be sexualized Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because that's cult I wanted to feature a bit of Pain, one way or another, and some of it was uh, some of it came from Peter also, who was also giving me some uh, you know some indication of mm-hmm. what he wanted. Obviously, this is you know I was it's not just uh, I came up with a, hey this is it, and uh, it it comes from discussions. But yeah, uh, pain, beauty, and when I say beauty, I don't mean uh, I don't mean pretty. I mean uh, some kind of ceremonial. The, I worked with a model, who is really one of the favorite models I I work with. Uh, she's like kind of like my special weapon because she's someone with who uh, we work together very well, and uh, and I knew she would just fit that cover perfectly. She has those like very impressive eyes, uh, so I just needed to make her cry some blood and all the shit I say. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so so the idea was really to to touch to the divine and to the darkness at the same time, uh, the gold to make it uh, to make it almost like a religious icon, uh, yeah. the blood on the dress, the and the city, the city in the back, of course, you know this this overwhelming presence of of that city. <laughs>
0: that is awesome. So th- this definitely looks very different than just gonna grab all the other books that we have here uh these right here i mean the um, the court rule book uh definitely feels like this style is is similar right but this one definitely kind of has a a different approach i feel than the uh the other two this one is older Mm.
1: this one is a piece that was not originally uh not originally made for cults. it was a very personal piece that I, it was not done for a client, it was not done for a project, it was a piece that I just made the way I wanted it, just for myself. And uh, that's a piece that uh, Peter came to me, he was like, hey, that's that matches completely what we want to do and everything. So I did a bit of touch up on it before I sent mm-hmm. it to him. Um, but it's, uh, let's just say that it's one of the most, we were talking about that one. Yeah, uh, but the, the one on that book is one of the most uh, significant piece in my personal process in my work. Uh, so yeah, I was also very excited to have it uh, to have it on the cover.
0: Yeah, and definitely like, like, like you can, huh?
1: But, no, it's, oh, like, can... it's like I already made it in advance, and I yeah. uh, without a function for anything, and one day it just fell into place where it had to be
0: yeah and i, I like the, the the texture on it you can kind of see the the movement in the background and mm-hmm. kind of this almost roughness to it compared to the other two covers which uh very much have a, a smoothness to it mm-hmm. is it something that you are going to replicate in future pieces or is it kind of just a evolution of your style uh... it is it is an evolution but it is something i miss a lot
1: of uh, a lot of clients today have a tendency to ask me for cleaner work, and I miss yeah. uh, I miss the painterly texture brush. Uh, I'm going back to it. I don't know when, but I'm going back to it very soon. <laughs> in fact,
0: ooh, that, that'll be really interesting because it's definitely a, a style I, I very much appreciate. It's just mm. kind of the the roughness and the the edge and the lines. It's very evocative. I I, I miss
1: uh, it in my work. I do miss yeah. it in my work.
0: Is there, I mean, what's the what's the future of your your art and, and the growth of you as an artist? What do you think it will look like uh, five years from now, if you can even guess what, what that will look like? Uh, hopefully in five years, I
1: will have found the gold. I will have found the map, found the place, found the gold, and uh, <laughs> bye. And you will never hear <laughs> of me. <laughs> um, Off the island. No, in... Uh, I will not do myself the displeasure of trying to see where my artwork will be in five years. Uh mm-hmm. this is really an adventure and I think one of the things that one of the things that actually keeps me going is the fact that I don't know.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: uh I can tell you what what is um I can come back to what I was telling you. I think my work today is a bit—it's uh, a bit too clean and too detailed at some places. The cat is waking up. But,
0: <laughs> it's fine.
1: Um, <laughs> I I want to go back to, for example, for for my upcoming games. I have uh, Retro City will be almost exclusively photographic, with a lot of manipulation and painting, but it will look just almost exclusively yeah. photographic. And on the other end to balance that, my other game curse is going to be a lot of uh, ink work and uh, black, you know, black and white sketches mm-hmm. on paper and and a lot of uh, a lot of black and red inking and all this kind of stuff. I I find myself craving some strong directions, you know, some yeah. some, some visual decisions made and and just going all the way. Uh, I have I have been missing that lately, so.
0: Yeah. And so you 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 were talking about Retro City uh, as well as uh, cursed uh, two games that are uh, coming out what within the next 2 years uh hopefully I don't know. sometime um how how does it approaching uh, as a game designer and an artist uh a original work um, with uh, kind of experience in, in both areas because normally a game designer is coming it from uh, as a writer's perspective, um, and then they need to go search for the art uh, to help mm. keep them inspired. But you, you kind of have both both of those tool sets in, in your repertoire. So, how, how do you think that's different, or you know, that how means
1: it uh, that means I'm good, and that means I'm fucked. Yeah, <laughs> yes. That means that means that I can um, I can write, I can design. Uh, game design, and I can uh, <laughs> and I can illustrate. So basically, I need nobody else. So that's good. <laughs> but I, yeah, yeah, because that means I have to do everything. So that's um, and that's not. Uh, I love working with other artists. For example, I love, mm-hmm. uh, for example, on Gods there is an entire team of uh, writers. There is an entire team of illustrators. So I'm the main. I'm the main author. You know, I'm I'm the one. Yeah. The world. Um, but there are other writers who have they did bring, they have bring something. I don't know if that's English what I'm saying, but they yeah. are bringing something into the into the game that that I would not have. You know, they, they read what I've been doing, they take my directions, and what they did from it is just awesome and, and better than than before. They were not there.
0: Yeah, new but perspectives. The same with the
1: artists. You know, they bring, they take your world, they listen to you, they understand it, and then they produce something new that you was you were not expecting and uh and it just makes the game richer and and better it gives you know perspectives and mm-hmm. um so that's existing on gods and that does not exist completely on retro city and that does not exist on curse because right now I'm alone completely alone in those games. RetroCity is a game that is coming from my graphic novel that was published in twenty eleven in French. Um, and I never did the effort to publish it in English because I was tired of it um I did not do the effort of making a second opus uh of yeah. a graphic novel because I was too busy um the only solution was to the only thing i have i had a story to say with a graphic novel and i don't have I don't have another story uh In my backpack i have thousands of little stories and all those little stories they need a place to exist and so the role playing game retro city became obvious it was like what i must do um i just i needed to open that box that will welcome all those stories and so so that's why i started that role playing game but on that one with god there was a decision to make a role playing game uh let's make a role playing game and let's you know create all that with yeah. retrocity, there is something that is me, that already or that is from me, that already exists, and I have to make the role-playing game of something that is already there. Yeah. Um, and so I cannot delegate as much on retrocity as I did with gods, because I'm, you know, it's like the kid is too is too young for me to to let anyone else. have. let it out. Him. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> and,
1: and curse. Curse is. We talk about Retro City, but Retro City and and Curse has. There are two faces of one coin. Curse is. It is a city as well. It is a. It is a haunted. Sick city, Mm but in the dark, it's a mix of medieval, baroque Europe. So Retro City. I'm answering questions you did not ask, I'm sorry.
0: No, it's perfect. Uh, Keep going. <laughs> retro,
1: retro City, is a, um, retro city is a, it's not placed in the US. It's a massive city in the US in, in, in the future, in a kind of near future. Mm-hmm. But I never place it on a map uh, because it exists on its own and that's it. Um, is it Chicago? Is it LA? Is it New York? I never answer those questions and it's not because I don't even want to have the answers. So there are a lot yeah. of things I know about Retro City. There are a lot of things to discover, but it's the city and that's it. And Curse is the same, but in medieval Europe. And so in yeah. fact, I'm just moving my moving my semantics around in uh, history and places. Um, but the essence is the same. The, the, the big overall story is the same. And that story also echoes in gods. Interesting
0: so i mean you got three distinct uh tabletop role-playing games uh one that's about to come out the others hopefully sometime in the future uh can you kind of just give a synopsis like what was what are these games about and and why are they about that
1: uh my, my answer is weird to that so those games they are yes. all about they're all about the same not God, okay gods mm-hmm. is gods is a dark fantasy game i was just reading some stuff and i needed my good old dark fantasy with just Mm. a bit more blood and 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 a bit more uh, you take you take a dark fantasy game you take some cult and you put just a little bit of cult in that and that's (laughs) goes okay but or at least that was my intent because today it has evolved it's not it's (laughs) it's <laughs> Really that but i'm I'm still pushing in those directions with God mm-hmm. but uh, retrocity and and curse um, if i if I, if I give you the most honest answer uh, those games are as if my brain is a city with a lot of holes where you can go from a building to another yeah and, and that the making a game about it is the only excuse I found to express it. Okay, so that's the abstract and bizarre answer. Yeah. Uh, what what's that they about? They're about how uh, oh, can humanity digest itself? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we what do we start that finally always eats us? Uh, both games are based on a system that uh, is making the city a perpetual actor on the character's life. Obviously those are not the first games with this kind of mechanics but it's it's very present um, mm-hmm. because that's the essence of Retro City. Um, Retro City it's this kind of monster that was built by humanity and is swallowing humanity back. Um, in Retro City if you get too attached to uh, to a piano or to a medallion with a portrait of uh, your dead significant other or,
0: yeah.
1: or you know, your, your hair dryer because you are obsessed with your hair or whatever, uh, it's not just about vanity, but there is a big part of that. All the materialism of mankind uh, will get them. And so in Retro City... Um, the inhabitants of the city will have a tendency to physically fusion
0: merge blend with objects yeah uh dude. that sounds very unique and and, and uh, amazing I, I mean so you you talk about kind of this uh this abstract maze in your your head um which sounds like something very different from kind of uh some of the other things we've talked about uh the Art and pieces that you are making for these games is it are they gonna look different from some of the things You've done in the past just because it's kind of coming from this 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 place or um, I guess what what's kind of the the style you're, you're going for uh, as you unleash your mind upon the world
1: um, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to, like, so far, the artwork I do for Retro City, I still find myself navigating into pieces that are mm-hmm. here to illustrate a role-playing game book. Yeah. And so, uh, oh well, I'm talking about that specific sector of the city, so I need to illustrate this specific building, and so I just do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there is a mix of me being my own art director and know what I have to do and there are some artwork that just I need to do that artwork and I know that it will have its place in retro city because because it comes from me and retro city is just my my brain as well. Um, so there are really both dynamic at play and I think a part of the job will be to to just make them mix well.
0: Um, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, super, super excited about that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, obviously, you have a, a very unique and, and, and distinct style. Was there anyone who kind of inspired you down that road? Any kind of artistic inspirations that you can point to and be like, I wanted to be like them?
1: Um, so, le- le- to be fully honest, I-, I was really this kind of... Obnoxious young kid at some point who has been able to tell his art professor, I don't want to look at the work of master painters because they will influence me too much. So, can you imagine how sick that is? It's like, oh, well, I'm too great to be influenced by. (laughs) Um, So, thankfully, my painting professor kicked my ass so bad that, uh, you know, he kind of fixed me on that. Um, But I took a yeah, this year I actually took a big humility lesson and, and that's probably my best painting lesson was to learn how to just like study in, uh, in humility. Mm-hmm. My references are usually not uh, from the painting or drawing field. I, I will quote music, books and, and movies a lot. Uh, I will throw obviously some Blade Runner at you, some Fellini, some Bergman. Uh, some Kurosawa, uh, mm-hmm. that is essential. Uh, lot of lot of books. Uh, for a long time, I was obsessed with um, with the Black Dahlia, and so that led me to read a, a lot of James Elroy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I read I read a lot of uh, fiction and fiction philosophy. I, I spend time with that uh, and music, music all the time. Um, it's to a point where when I have to explain. Uh, when I have to explain a uh, gods to to the team for example
0: mm-hmm.
1: I will I will make them listen to some specific tracks rather than trying to explain with words the, the mood I want very really well uh, listen mm-hmm. to the tracks of you know reverend bizarre or, or take that tracks of dead can Dance and, and get that and or you know lost more or um, I'm not going to give you a list of, of musicians who inspire me but there is a lot and of um, and a lot of different styles you know from from uh,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, a lot of things. As far as uh, visually, uh, I will quote the obvious, but uh, Gerald Brom was really uh, a very strong influence on me. Um, a little bit later and in different ways, but I'm, I i always have been a huge fan of uh, Christopher Shai's work because I thought he, he had this, uh, this same thing with uh, his use of photograph and with a lot of freedom and a lot of... Um, he was one of those people who was not afraid to visually explore stuff, no matter what. So I think he has a he has a madness, and uh, I'm happy to be able to call him a friend uh, today. <laughs> he actually has some pieces in Gods. Um, oh wow! Yeah, uh, done by him or inspired? No, done by him. Like wow. he, he he did some pieces for Gods, so I'm I'm super happy with that. And there are you know there, there are a lot of. What is really, really, oh yeah, Benjamin Carré, who is a French, uh, is a French illustrator that yeah. uh, early on, I was looking at his work a lot. And he has the same influence that I do. He's a Blade Runner person. And uh, so we have a lot of conversations about Blade Runner. Um, it's a sweet feeling to realize that today, all the people I was looking up to uh, are just, you know, people I can call today and just uh, you know, <laughs> chat for for, for, for. it's uh, this is sweet.
0: Yeah, that that is that is really cool. Uh, so you you were talking about yourself as an obnoxious uh, young young uh, arrogant man mm-hmm. uh, in the art world, uh, and now you are the seasoned professor. Is there any uh, students that you kind of see that same little twinkle in their eyes as yes. you had? Yeah, <laughs> and it's it is sweet.
1: Uh, it's, there is a there there are cultural differences. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't or time differences. It may it may not be cultural, but I don't I don't um, I don't look at my students' dynamics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does not trigger memories of when I was a student. When I look at them, I feel like it's it's you know different yeah. times, different place. Um, I definitely see this fire in in some of my students today. Some of them are very humble about it. Some of them are arrogant, but it does not, you know, I take them where they are, at the age they have, and whatever the the energy is, I I tell them to to do something with it, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. What's kind of the, I guess if you kind of had to leave one impression on them as a dive out into the world of art, what do you think that would be?
1: Are you asking me about the one I want or the ones that will be?
0: <laughs> I'm now curious about both. Um,
1: so I have a reputation of a very scary person
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I am, uh, I am very, uh, I expect, Mm-hmm. things from them and uh, But usually they are scared of me until they take my class. They picture me with like the tall always dressed in black man with an accent, you know, and and they are intimidated and when they take my class they realize that I'm I don't take myself seriously at all. I play a lot of the things that they are afraid of is actually something I just play with, but I, I'm good at making them comfortable um, I think my What my students talk about when they say that they miss something about me after they graduate, it's my uh, lectures that give them a kick in the ass about what is going to be once they graduate. And at the same time, give them a lot of, uh, you know, like a pep talk, like a lot of energy, a lot of uh, will to go through. And um, this is a complicated, this is a very complicated topic. Because sometimes I feel I feel a bit guilty. I have had some mm-hmm. students of mine who uh, I can see that they are not ready, and I sometimes I doubt the fact that they will ever be able to do something. Uh, they will be able to do something probably with their artwork, but they will never make it like to the professional level that they would love to reach. sometime. Yeah. And again, I don't, you know, I don't want to. I don't know, but yeah. in my opinion, I, I, I doubt that. And some of, and, and they will at the same time say, well, look, we can do it. Bastian did it. And I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm as much an inspiration to them than uh, some kind of sign that tells them, yeah, go ahead, go this way. But in fact, the road is going to end up sooner than what they think. You know, I, uh, I'm glad to be inspiring, but I don't want to be misleading them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so mean? a lot of time, I talked to my students a lot about when I got my master's degree, and then I had <laughs> to find a job at the factory, you know, and uh, all the, you know, all these hard years, really hard years, uh, having to take any job, and I did everything. Like I sold cigarettes, I worked at the factory, I, I made sandwiches, I made crepes.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I love crepes.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> there are some videos somewhere on the internet of me like flying crepes and you know stuff like that. <laughs> uh, my wife has, has those videos somewhere. But uh, and I talk to them a lot about that, my students. Mm-hmm. I, I tell them about the fact that it's going to be harsh for some of you, and the thing that made me is the fact that no matter what the job was. At the end of the day, I was always coming home and try to put two hours of drawing or painting.
0: Yeah. I, it it was not work. an easy road. Yeah. It was not. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So um, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, have you ever done a self-portrait? Uh,
1: yes, but at school. Oh, no, wait. Later than that, I did. So I could give you the kind of... Uh, basic answer and tell you that every one of my pieces is a self-portrait you know i could play that card i could be like <laughs> anytime i paint uh, i put so much of me into that, that mm-hmm. uh, but i think that's not completely true a lot of my work is you know done for clients and i just do what they say and, and so uh, a true a true self-portrait you know trying to just actively paint yourself i have not done that for a while uh i use myself as a reference Mm-hmm. sometimes so sometimes you will have like uh, my hands or my chest or even sometimes my face uh, on some artwork but it's usually when i have to find a reference right now and i don't have the time to call a model because yeah I'm deadline. um so i actually anytime i can avoid using myself as a reference i do it mm-hmm. but i remember one magic card where well, the commission was a guy with you know his hair back, curly moustache, like looking kind of like a vampire, and I was like, no, this is this is too much me. So I went <laughs> all over, and so there is a magic card with my face on it, lifting a lifting a, a rod with a, a black flower and a red flower, and they're both dripping. Uh, and I that's feel like I need to find thing. this. <laughs> yeah, it, I I don't remember the name of the card, but yeah, it, it uh, you you can find it. Um, but that's the last self-portrait I did. But even that was not me just mm-hmm. sitting and, and making a, por- a portrait of myself. That's, um, that's an exercise I, you know, because of uh, the virus last semester was aborted. Yeah. Um, and so all my life drawing classes were cancelled. And I had to find a way to get my students to still work um, from life. And not just yeah. from the photograph, but from life, because you know this exercise of looking at something in 3D and turning it into 2D does not work if you work from photos. Yeah. So I had my students working in front of a mirror, you know, from home, and trying to really portray themselves. And I was not expecting so much enthusiasm, and at the same time, so much suffering. They were all pissed. You know, when when they finally gave me their work, they were like. Pfft take it it's too much you know it's too hard it's too and i do remember that i do remember when i was um when i was practicing painting and doing and when i was doing self-portraits honestly sincere self-portraits when you try to explore like you know your
0: yeah self, uh,
1: it was never easy i think uh, your question makes me think that uh, maybe it's time Maybe it's time for me to, to make another self portrait and
0: I'd be very interested in to see that. Yeah. Self portraits <laughs> to me have always been uh kind of very I wanna say kind of spiritual in, in a way, just because as an artist you're you're putting what you normally your yourself out there in terms of how you interpret yourself and mm-hmm. then you're also uh putting yourself your 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 physical appearance how you interpret how you look to yourself and mm-hmm. it's just it's always been a fascinating uh thing to, to kind of see that for for artists yeah definitely so if you do that i want to see it one day I may, I may, I may share that,
1: <laughs> but same thing. You know, there is a, there are several steps. There is a, the thinking about the artwork. There is a doing about. There is a doing the artwork. Then there is a sharing the artwork, and that's.
0: that's <laughs> yeah, how how is it in in terms of when you're creating and um, uh, making these wonderful pieces? Um, is there a kind of a difference between the creating of something that you know will just be on a card? Uh, as opposed to something that will be on a book, as opposed to something that will be uh, kind of up on the wall? Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Uh,
1: that's an interest, interesting question. Um, you have to... There is one thing that the Magic, the Gathering art director always always have to really insist on uh, with artists to begin working with them is will, will it read at card size? And so, when you know you are doing an artwork that is going to be that big, you need to make sure that the narrative elements of this image uh, are eye-catching uh, mm-hmm. and that they pop, and that that's what we see first, even even in a very small. So we have to be very careful with our composition. The, if you are working on a, a something that you know is going to be a big poster, you know that people will have the time to look at it and and just spend some time, and and so basically. To make it very simple, if you want, I have a piece. I have a piece. Um, it's a skull, mm-hmm. and that skull has a mechanical eye with, a, you know, just a glass on it. And in the glass, there is the silhouette of a woman masturbating.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so that's you know that's very heavy because this this is this kind of uh, memento mori piece uh with with that skull with with yeah again uh like yeah. Say it but uh, a woman pleasuring herself in front of that skull in a way, so it, it's uh, and that piece was printed for a show in Paris many years ago, mm-hmm. and it was printed very large, and so people will spend time looking at the skull and everything, and most of them will finally see what's what was really going on in that. if I print that on the card size or if I print that smaller, it will never show up and it's just a painting of a skull, you know. And so not half, but like the entire meaning of that piece is just taken yeah. away. So, so, yeah, of course, depending of the support, the print, the book, uh, is it a print, is it a book, is it a card, is it, you know, whatever. Um, the composition has to be, has to be imagined differently
0: interesting that's all something right, I so love with my
1: job actually the composing how, how do you tell this is this is really why i do that job in fact i have a story to tell how yes. do i tell it
0: you yeah
1: know, that's that's composition right there
0: interesting so i was looking over the uh all your work and everything and there's definitely a, a sense of uh what i could say a sensuality to to every piece mm-hmm. um how do you begin kind of that process is it kind of based on watching the models and why do you think sensuality sexuality is is important to your work
1: so i like somehow the word sexuality sounds harsher and stronger than sensuality you Mm -hmm. know when we say sensuality we imagine something softer maybe maybe that's just me but no i mean uh, i agree and I was always uh, fascinated by bodies, flesh, bones, architecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say architecture, I mean human architecture. Um, I love that. Um, I, I mean, I love that. That's a, that's a dumb statement, but I don't know. It's it's truly an obsession. It's like it's what matters to me when I when I work. I, I'm not uh, I'm not. I can do landscapes. I can do a lot of stuff, but that's not that's not where I you know go when uh, when I paint. So why is that? Uh, I don't think it's all necessary or uh, ultimately interesting to try to find out. You know uh, why? I know that uh, when I was a kid, um, when I was a kid, there was some uh, some pornographic uh, mm-hmm. comic books in the bookshelf of my parents. A specific one uh, was a book by uh, Milos Manara. Mm-hmm. I remember the complete fascination with the way the bodies were portrayed in that. So I remember that very early on, way too early, basically. Yeah. Um, I have I have a lot of you know memories of me as a really a little kid being fascinated by by human bodies. Um, some stuff that are too personal for me to to discuss them on a video. I, I have mm-hmm. no problem talking about it, but uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's not something I want to to put online um but the it was always a part of my work I think I mean even the, the early drawings I was showing you are are featuring human anatomy a lot of a lot of people ask me about like do you only paint women and no that's absolutely not the case what's happening is uh, in my career today I have to paint a lot more women than men and so my portfolio is more full of that but I uh, even in gods for example you will find out that if you start looking you will find out mm-hmm. that i i paint my uh male character shirtless as much as i paint my woman character shirtless you know it's i i, I do love the way a vein will like turn around on the an arm and and what a muscle does when you when you see it just when you twist an arm the way everything articulates. Yeah. uh i'm obsessed i'm obsessed with that and uh, and i love to paint it and and draw it so yeah and definitely in like. It
0: yeah, looking through, I mean, the the as you said, like the the man, especially uh, the inside cover of of gods. Uh, you see the the man and mm-hmm. the you know just the uh, the intensity of the the, the, the form there, and you not even. Go into uh, creating men with kind of like these, uh, I guess, atypical masculine traits, such as uh, you know the broad shoulders and the the chest. But you also have these uh, very um, very slim men as well. And it's kind of interesting uh, seeing the the different um, characteristics of humanity interpreted by yourself uh, throughout your work. And uh, so
1: I. I work with a real diversity of models. That's mm-hmm. a, that's another thing I do. I, I, I it it may not appear like that because they all come through my filter. But I, I also try to. I, it's not that I try. It's that I work. I do work with uh, models that I think fit with a specific character or a picture I want to make. Uh, and and I do work with uh, a lot of men and women who who have really their own. You know the, their body is what it is, and I love working with who they are. Uh, mm-hmm. That's super important. This is also why uh, you know you asked about sensuality or sexuality. Um, it is sometimes present in my work, but it's also important to not confuse. There are a lot of pieces featuring nudity that mm-hmm. has nothing to do with sexuality, mm-hmm. um, and there are a lot of pieces in my work that feature maybe less body but are definitely completely sexual, you know, so there, are, uh, but I have, I, I don't shy away from the semantics, definitely. I love the semantics. I love, I love the human body. I love when they mix together and I love when they, uh, I don't, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so in, in terms of the, the work that you, that you make and whether they're, they're nude or not nude how, how do you interpret sexuality in your work and kind of how is it reflected back to the viewer uh, despite kind of what they're wearing or or how they're presented? Does that make sense? I'm not sure. I'm not sure I get your, your question, but what I,
1: so maybe, maybe you, maybe you Want to reformulate it? Or yeah, yeah. maybe try I can try to answer it. But.
0: yeah. Well, so you were talking about um, uh, some pieces were you know fully clothed but still sexual, and mm-hmm. others were kind of nude, and, and it wasn't a sexual piece. Um, how kind of because in in terms of the lens, I think of uh, of the world. I mean, nudity in general is kind of sexual. Now. People have different perspectives, of course. But uh, how? I guess how do you in, interpret sexuality in your own work? And but I think
1: I think people will sexualize the body. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of perspective too. Like yeah. I see, I have a job that makes that I see naked people every fucking day. Like that. Yeah. That's, people joke about that. But when you are a live drawing professor, or when you take photos of people, I see nude people all the time, and and I don't. It has nothing to do with sexuality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Some some good friends of mine will tell you it's always sexual. And and I and I love that debate. I love that conversation. I don't think yeah. I have a final answer with that. But yes, of course we are all we are all driven by, you know, desires and and, and physical attraction or, or repulsion or, or so it's always sexual in that way. But it would be a very, very uh, complex problem if me as an artist today, I had to deal with sexuality every time I, I I'm in the presence of someone nude. Um, so basically, in in my lab drawing classes, mm-hmm. my students and I, when I draw, um, we are just trying to understand the human form, and that's something that it becomes almost scientific mm-hmm. for the artist. And I'm talking, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm talking, I'm being the voice of a, a lot of you know the artistic community with that. Yeah. We we end up being almost scientific students. We make studies, anatomic studies, figure studies. Mm-hmm. But for other people, they see they see a naked body, they see someone nude, and so automatically, because nudity is not, um, it's not something that is part of their daily routine, they project sexuality. Yeah. So I think this this principle is the same in my artwork. Sometimes I will feature the, the the human structure, the human the human architecture. And people will project sexuality in it because they see a tit or a butt or you know a rib cage or yeah. um, a nipple, for example. You know, Facebook sexualizes the nipple so much that yeah, yeah. You, cannot have a, you cannot have a nipple on the internet. But you know what? Most of us have some, and it's okay, you know. And, and so when you paint, when, when, <laughs> you know, paint hey? the, when you paint the body, you you paint it with nipples, and so so this is really a, a cultural and societal. Um, thematic right there mm-hmm. in my artwork, you will find characters who have a, a finger dripping, so they are fully dressed, but their finger is dripping something white, for example, and so this mm-hmm. is this is completely sexual, but without showing the body. yeah there, there are so many there, there are so many things there is I, I don't know, I'm thinking about uh, blades that are dripping black ink that will fall yeah. on the side of a character, you know, falling on the size of a man that is sitting right there. And so that, just that dripping on the, on the. so it's, it's sexuality is right there without nudity. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. So you see, it, it all, it, it's, a, it's a dance uh, that yeah. is really complex, really complex. <laughs> and as far as me, the artist, um, it's almost like I'm dancing it and I don't really have time to discuss it. And so sometimes yeah. I have no problem discussing it with you. I think it's super interesting. Uh, and I'm glad you asked those questions. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm too busy dancing.
0: And- yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I know it's a, it's a big topic, and, and a lot goes into it. Uh, so I, I think for one of my, my final questions, uh, for you and i know we kind of have danced around uh, a lot of topics today and i, I really appreciate it um, but you talked about uh, the artist is kind of the an architect uh, in in response to the human form mm-hmm. um, how do you think because you know I, I would if i if i talk to an architect i, I know that they have an appreciation for uh, you know architecture uh, and they see things that i don't that I don't see. Um, how how do you think the artist kind of sees that in the same way for the the human uh, architecture? Um,
1: one of the one of the things that I love is that I have worked with the body so much mm-hmm. that will sound super super like cheesy, but that's 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 really a truth. I am. Really struggling to find someone ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, I have drawn and photographed and worked with so many bodies uh, that the person I am today cannot, I, I truly. Cannot see anything else but something. No matter no matter the body shape and size and form, or old or young or you know. If I look through my artistic journey, if I look at a model for me to draw, it's just always fascinating and interesting. And so there is no. it kind of this entire artistic career, kind of we are talking about, you know, uh, the link with sexuality. In that, yeah um, in a way, my relationship with, with the body as a subject also affects um, me as a person and, and my own sexuality and what you know what's attracting to me, what's not. Or um, mm-hmm. it did complexify everything because I'm just this idiot who sees beauties everywhere now. Beauty everywhere, you know. I, I we look at shape of a, of a finger, or just to give you a, an example, uh, you could be a caricatural teenager who is just uh, obsessed with uh, with uh, you know Playboy magazines and the way mm-hmm. tits have to look, or butts have to look, or color of the eyes, or whatever. Yeah.
0: And, and,
1: and when you start to study again the body in its beauty in general, uh, all those. You know what? In the 90s, we would have called like the plastic beauty, like those bodies Mm that are completely stereotypical. They kind of feel boring and ugly because this is so much one standard compared to all the diversities that we have. And what's really great is that this thing that I feel. I usually talk about that with my students at the beginning of a semester. I talk about the complexity of what it implies. To be working with the body for an entire semester or two, or, or maybe a full—you know—hopefully a full cycle of, uh, yeah. of their bachelor's. Um, and we discussed that, and I can tell you that every student, at the end of their studies and at the end of all those live doing classes, they come to me and they were like, "You remember that speech that we—that conversation that we had? You were so right, and it does completely change them."
0: Uh, is, that is. That's a very uh, beautiful sentiment, because um, it, it makes me me think of the 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 architect who kind of appreciates every building uh, for for what it was meant to, mm-hmm. and, and kind of even if uh, uh, someone looks at it and, and says, you know, that's not something that I would appreciate. The, the architect looks at it and understands kind of its relevance within. What? it is
1: event. yeah you, you are very very right with that it's the same thing that you know there was some paintings some painters that i did not like because i did not like what they were doing and when i started to paint mm-hmm. i cannot not like them you know it, maybe at some time at some point they were not up to my they were not my taste and no, mm-hmm. no that i know no that i know what they have to do now that i'm a specialist of my field as well and i know what they were doing i'm like oh my god that's fucking fascinating that's beautiful. yeah it's not a matter of personal taste anymore and, you know, I had a model one time. Uh, she was going to pose for for me, and uh, so, for example, maybe that's too personal, but I, my models they don't, you know, they don't un- undress in the same room
0: mm-hmm.
1: where they are going to pose. They have a, a room where they go, so they can then cover themselves with a robe, so they don't have mm-hmm. to. We, it's very essential to to avoid the idea of uh, you know stripping with the artist in yeah. the room. It, it just, uh, I really like good boundaries for for respect of mm-hmm. the models. And myself, and so she was. She went and changed, and she came back with a robe. And before she was about to undress, before we started the session, she looked at me and she was like, "There is something I have to tell you." And I'm like, "It goes fast in my mind." I'm like, you know, whatever she has to tell me, no matter what, it will not bother me. You yeah. Know, a scenario like she would have like a, a tattoo that says something that I completely disagree with, and then you know maybe I would be like, uh, yeah, okay, all right, we won't be friends. Yeah. But, um, so I don't know. And she's like, I have. A, and she she looks at me. She's like, I have had a hip surgery and I have a massive scar and I did not know what to tell you. And I'm like, and I made it so easy on her. And I was like, just shut the fuck up. Like, what? And, and, you know, like <laughs> and, and that's. I spent, so many, I spent so much time drawing and painting that scar that she has, and uh, and we had conversation about it and everything, and that's really, um, again, that's a very long topic and long conversation, so I don't want yeah. to talk too much, but <laughs> uh, it's really something that, uh, it was an experience for me, it was an experience for her, and, and there is almost a story like that, or yeah. that kind, of, or at least a story of just feeling good about yourself in absolutely every modeling session I have, it's not always the case. You know, there, there are obviously there are bad experiences and 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 people who are up to no good in that field.
0: But uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it sounds like um, uh, you definitely uh, respect and just kind of. I, I like the 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 image of that uh, of the model you're talking about, kind of being accepted uh, and. and and kind of all the work placed into a piece, uh, for something that, uh, a person might be ashamed of normally. Mm-hmm. And to kind of bear that, I think it's a, a, a very beautiful thing. Um, I, I was, this, this modeling session
1: was part of her process for mm-hmm. herself with herself. I was part of it. I was included in it, but I was, a, I was almost a tool, you know, I was, a. Yeah she needed, she needed me to be to be there because she was going to model and and be be okay with that and everything but I, I just had to accept her own process basically and let it be part of mine as well and it's it's complex but uh, but there is really a beauty in that I think
0: yeah amazing all right so we have went everywhere with the discussion and i feel like i can just talk to you forever about uh all of these amazing things uh but of course uh for those watching this has been uh bastion uh L'couf de harm yeah, yeah you're good you're good <laughs> i don't know if i say my name all right so i feel like you get points for trying uh artist writer game designer uh jack of all trades definitely uh be on the lookout for his work uh coming out uh Hopefully sometime in the future. Uh, I know that you can get on his Discord. And I know he's he's super uh, amazing uh, with everyone who, who who's on his Discord. I'm, I'm a participant there, too. It has <laughs> been awesome just getting to know the community. Uh, but once again, Bastion, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, thank and, you. Uh, yeah. Uh, goodbye, everyone. <laughs>